This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The date of today's episode is May 11th, 2022. Wherever in the world you are, I hope you are well, healthy, happy, fed, and safe. And if you're in the U.S. and you're listening to this, I know, I hope, you're mad as hell about the state of our government and the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe versus Wade. That is a straight, cut-and-dried declaration of war on our reproductive rights. And I think it's time, maybe, to give them that war, since it's what they've been asking for for a very long time. The topic of today's episode is witchcraft has always been political. To drill that down a little further, the topic today is about the war on reproduction rights in the U.S. and the witches that want to do something about it. I am one of those witches. I've been conspicuously missing from this podcast for many weeks now, and I apologize. I had surgery, and it was kind of a big surgery, but it was to fix something and achieve a quality of life that I've never actually had, and it seems to have worked, so that's fantastic. But it had me down and in bed, immobile, for a few weeks, and then there were drugs, pain med drugs, the sort of pain meds that are not conducive to forming coherent sentences. I've also, unfortunately, been battling some gnarly depression and really high anxiety. The chemical imbalance kind, not situational or seasonal. And as an aside, I always advocate for mental illness and normalizing reaching out for help and taking meds and being compliant. But somehow, thanks to my depression, I felt ashamed to say that here into this microphone at first, but I think it's all right to talk about it. I need to talk about it. Nearly 30% of the U.S. population are on antidepressants or anxiety meds of some sort. That's not including antipsychotics or any number of psychiatric drugs beyond the scope of antidepressants. We need to normalize taking medications for psychiatric issues and destigmatizing those of us with mental health conditions. I'm also diabetic, the kind that comes from my brain, which is really, when you think about it, no different than a mood disorder or psychosis or depression, which comes from your brain. It shouldn't be a taboo conversation topic, and it shouldn't be something we're ashamed for. And yes, I have treated myself using energy, magic, and witchcraft, but I'm not so cocky that I think that using my own magic on my own illness is going to be a one-and-done affair. I see a doctor. Actually, I see a bunch of doctors. And I'm not ashamed to be a witch on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. I don't think that it dampens my magic. And sometimes this witch needs to pull the covers over her head and isolate for a day or two. And that's okay. And then the Supreme Court leak happened, and I just sort of spiraled. Most of us probably spiraled. Clarence Thomas, who, if you don't know, is a Supreme Court Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, is quoted as having said, The Supreme Court can't be bullied. 
about the draft leak to overturn Roe versus Wade. But women can and will be bullied into carrying a pregnancy to term that they didn't want or didn't need or can't afford or any number of other valid reasons why they seek a termination. Reasons that are nobody else's fucking business but the person seeking that termination. So that's cool with you, Clarence? Cool, 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 cool. Corporations that have donated and support anti-abortion activism groups that you may want to be aware of are Citigroup, who claims to be against the, quote, restrictions on reproductive rights, yet has donated nearly $700,000 to anti-abortion political groups in the U.S. since 2016. AT&T has also given $1.4 million to groups opposing abortion, even though they've claimed to, quote, support gender equity and the empowerment of women. I'll get to the non-binary and trans-exclusionary language in just a moment. And I'm talking about using the word woman and women by conservative anti-abortion groups, which is unfortunately unsurprising. But that language is also coming from mainstream advocates of reproductive autonomy and abortion rights. But again, I'll get to that in a moment with someone who has some experience on that matter. Another corporation you might want to know about is Amazon. I'm sure you've probably heard of Amazon. They announced last week that it will be giving its non-contract workers reimbursements of up to $4,000 a year for travel expenses related to an abortion, which in itself seems like a great idea to some people, but seems kind of like a trap if you ask me. However, despite that wonderful travel bonus, Amazon has already given nearly a million dollars to anti-abortion groups including nearly $780,000 to something called the RGA, the Republican Governors Association, which, just judging a book by its cover, sounds like a lovely group of people, including Republican governors like Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who, as you know, signed Senate Bill 8, which allows public citizens to sue anybody who helps someone get an abortion in Texas after six weeks if you so much as drive someone to or from their abortion clinic you can be sued by some asshole in court and the heartbeat act which bans abortion after the detection of embryonic or fetal cardiac activity which normally occurs after about six weeks of pregnancy amazon donated nearly a million dollars to the rga so they continue doing that you can read more about this on truthout.org. Along with Amazon, you may or may not be surprised to hear that Walmart also donated heavily to the RGA, as did Google and Coca-Cola and CVS, as well as Verizon, Comcast, and General Motors. And we can't forget Wells Fargo and T-Mobile for a combined total of around $15 million to anti-abortion activism groups. 
My whole point in telling you all of this is that I needed some help pulling myself out of a hole after the Supreme Court draft had been leaked. By the way, whoever leaked that draft, thank you for getting that out before the Supreme Court was in recess for three months. They'd planned on releasing it on their last day in session. Fucking cowards. And now, Clarence Thomas, or good old Justice Clarence Short and Curly's on Anita Hill's Coke can, Thomas, is telling Americans that the Supreme Court will not be bullied. Fucking cowards. Witchcraft is political. It's been political since the first kings summoned sorcerers for a strategic edge in war to bind their opponents, to give prophecies, or poison other kings. Since the first witches went into hiding and shrouded everything in secrecy and fear of persecution, Witchcraft has been political since the first witch performed abortions for desperate women, leading to tales of killing or eating babies. Witchcraft has been political since the first monotheist armies came to destroy and desecrate pagan sites and temples. Witchcraft has been political as long as witches have deemed the female body as equally divine and sovereign as the male body. Witchcraft has been political ever since a witch decided to hold strong beliefs about what is right and what is wrong, regardless of what the institutions in power say. Witchcraft has been political as a group of marginalized folks outcast by society since the beginning. That's paraphrased from a piece written by Matt Aron the author of Mastering Magic, a course in spellcasting for the Psychic Witch, and Psychic Witch, a metaphysical guide to meditation, magic, and manifestation. Thanks to Matt Aron for having written that, and all credit goes to him. So I find myself a witch with mental illnesses for which I take prescription medications, and this bombshell that wasn't really a bombshell because I've been paying attention got dropped last week. And as I mentioned earlier, I began to spiral. I felt impotent, defeated, and desperate, and disappointed beyond any belief. And I felt, and feel right now, righteous anger and rage at the five Supreme Court justices who voted to overturn Roe versus Wade and take away reproductive rights for anyone capable of becoming pregnant. I also feel that righteous rage and anger towards everyone that told me, just give them a chance. You might be surprised, speaking of Trump, and all those who said, mm, I just couldn't vote for Hillary, sorry. This is your prize. I'm beyond the age of a safe pregnancy myself and never would have been able to sustain a viable pregnancy with the fucked up reproductive organs I was born with. I had to have everything removed when I was 29. Everything. So it's not me that I'm righteously angry for. It's my nieces. It's my family. My friends and the children of my friends. It's my sisters, my trans-masculine friends, my non-binary friends. 
My righteous anger is for any person who can become pregnant and should have the agency and the bodily autonomy to make decisions on their own behalf for their own body. For the trans-exclusionary, non-binary exclusionary language I mentioned earlier, I could have explained my view on it myself, but I thought instead I'd go to someone with some background in being non-binary, what it means and why it's so important that we don't call this a women's issue. So I spoke to my friend Mortellus about being a chimera, being non-binary and being intersex. I went most of my life without knowing it and discovered it while being a guinea pig for the COVID-19 vaccine trials, but uh, I would have been a twin. And if, if, if a twin dies in utero, a couple things can happen. The tissue might just exist there. So the living baby's born. Um, it might be absorbed by the mother. It might be sort of benignly absorbed by the twin, but it can be absorbed by the twin in a way that it becomes part of them. And that's what happened to me. Um, my sibling would have been assigned male at birth. And I carry both their DNA and mine. Uh, it wouldn't show up on like a spit test for like 23andMe, but if you have a a blood draw for genetic testing, you would see both sets of DNA. Um, some of my tissue is theirs and some of it is mine. Um, I know two of my 10 fingers are their fingers because they've been tested. The pointer and middle finger on my right hand are, are my brothers. I've got a nipple on my right hip, my left hip, and I don't know if it's theirs or mine because I haven't had it tested, but I have three kidneys, I have some spare bones. I'm kind of a junkyard of a person. So there's that. I have both XX and XY chromosomes. I identified as non-binary before I knew that about myself, uh, but I used she, them. I started using they, them exclusively after I found that out as a way of honoring my sibling. I would want to be identified as not a woman on the basis that I identify as non-binary, not just because I'm a chimera. Like I don't, I'm not here for only recognizing people if they have some kind of medical distinction. I mean, there's always this bullshit, like, you, 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 you look like a woman, you're basically a woman, you've got woman parts, you've had a baby, you call yourself mother. That's a term I claim for myself. Mother's a title, it's nothing to do with gender. We also spoke about some of the medically necessary reasons that are often overlooked for abortion to stay safe and legal. The biggest risk of dying in pregnancy is from an ectopic pregnancy. You know what the, do you know what the biggest risk factor for ectopic pregnancy is? Age. It increases by something like 27% by the time you hit 40, between like 39 and 45. And as you get older, because of hormone fluctuations, birth control becomes less accurate you have something in the neighborhood of a 12.1% failure rate, whereas birth control normally has somewhere between a 1% failure rate and one and some change. So every month I get to roll the dice uh, for a 12% failure rate. And then for like a 27% chance of an ectopic pregnancy that will explode my guts and I can die. How, how long does it take though? Oh, not long. Oh, you can die in an hour, I mean, quickly, depending on where the rupture is, but you don't have long. 
I mean, you know you're in bad shape for a little while before, but it's the kind of bad that women ignore. Like, maybe it's appendicitis. I'll just ignore it for a day or two. Mm-hmm. So the the egg implants in the fallopian tube. And you might not have a positive pregnancy test that early on and without implantation in the uterus. It doesn't, it like wonks up the hormones. So as the fetus grows through the early stages, it ruptures the fallopian tube. So your fallopian tube is about one centimeter. So when pregnancy is calculated, you could have only had one, uh, sex once in your life ever. So you would know exactly the fuck when you got pregnant, right? Like I got pregnant on Tuesday. That's when it happened. <laughs> but that does not matter. You could go to the doctor's office and you could say, I got pregnant on Tuesday. I know that for a fucking fact. And they would calculate the date from your last period, which could be four weeks or more. So the day that you're pregnant, you could be four to six weeks pregnant in the eyes of the medical industry and the law. You wouldn't even get a positive pregnancy test on the day that you are six weeks pregnant, which is fucking terrifying for some of these laws, but relevant because by 10 weeks, which we know is not actually 10 weeks, we're talking about four to six weeks of growth. A fetus is 3.1 centimeters. It is around the third week of pregnancy that it would rupture. The only the only cure for that is an abortion. That's literally the only cure. It is a death sentence for both mother and baby without intervention. Everyone dies. This Saturday, May 14th, all around the US, there will be marches, rallies, and protests for reproductive rights to protect Roe versus Wade, and to get the fucking GOP out of our collective uteruses and stop the chain of systemic poverty by causing forced births. All over the country, they're being called women's marches, women's protests, and women's rights rallies, etc. We can't change the names of these rallies and protests, but please, when you go, remember, it's not just for women that we're protesting. Reproductive rights don't only affect cis-normative binary women. Reproductive rights affect non-binary people and trans-masculine people as well, whether or not you like it or accept it. One person doesn't have to accept a thing to make it valid. It's valid with or without your approval. Witchcraft, in a time like this, is what could mean the difference between someone having to carry to term a child they can't afford and being able to keep working to feed the family they already have, or not having to carry the product of a rape or incest, or just not having to change their life when they're not ready to change their life. There are lots and lots of witches with certain specific knowledge of certain specific plants is all I'm saying. Witches have always been healers, and this particular skill set in a witch is no less than that of a healer. We've always been the ones women came to when they needed very quiet assistance. Don't forget, as of right now, you can still buy Plan B, sometimes called the morning after pill, online for I don't know how much longer. And if you're unaware of Jex Blackmore, you might want to follow her on Instagram. 
She's the badass that induced her own abortion by taking an abortion pill on live TV during an interview on Fox 2 in Detroit. And no, she's not a satanic cult leader. She is a Satanist, which is nothing at all to be frightened of. She's a tireless activist for the end of forced motherhood as well. She's controversial as hell. Alex Jones fucking hates her, which speaks volumes and makes me like her even more. And she's an advocate for Mifepristone, also known as the abortion pill. The same one she took on live television. If you need information on the abortion pill, or if you need to get your hands on some, go to aidaccess.com or visit plancpills.org. If you or someone you care about use a period tracker, please listen. Write that shit down on paper and delete the app and all of the information contained within. No kidding, do it. If you need an explanation of why, just Google, why should I delete my period tracker? And I hope you have a bit of free time to read the results, but read the results. And not for nothing, but if you need some words, random words to write down on a piece of paper to say, put in a jar or bottle or burn over a candle or bury in the ground or piss on or any number of things that might strike your fancy for whatever reason, no particular reason whatsoever. Here are a few words that might suit your needs. Samuel Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, Clarence Thomas, Amy Coney Barrett, or not. I don't know your life. It's whatever. Special thanks again to Mortellus, as always, who you can find at mortellus.com, and to Matt Oren for his words, which you can find on his Patreon page. You can find his books wherever fine books are sold. And thanks again, and as always, to Amy Blackthorne for knowing everybody ever and always being my go-to for connections and just an all-around, genuinely, unbelievably cool person. Life is kind of up in the air at the moment, so every other Wednesday might fluctuate here and there. But as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and for some reason still TikTok. Wash your hands. Wear your goddamn motherfucking mask when you are able to. Get your vaccination and booster if you can and if you haven't already. Hex the patriarchy. Protest. Rally. March. Repeat. May you never hunger and may you never thirst. As above, so below. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path.